Well, I wish Vasa could use shields, but she doesn't. <laughs> Everybody got such cool things, and all Vasa has is a lot of gold and a ruby. Yeah. Now, I can't use armor. Can I use shields? I don't think that's... Uh, I don't think you can. I yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. That might just be what we tell Roberto is the only thing we found. <laughs> I love but it. But will have a cool, like, kitten shield. You know, like, it's going to look like a giant butt, isn't it? Totally. <laughs> with her uh, with her newfound wealth, Vasa uh, very generously uh, invites Tompkins over and just presses three gold coins in his hands and pats him on the head and says, you've done well, Tompkins. Aww, that's so sweet. We should give the shield to Tompkins. That would be nice. Yeah, he can He can make it look like a house. He can make a house out of the shield. And he can defend It just looks himself. like a middle finger and he always points it at Vasa. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that sounds like our Tompkins. So you give him the shield, and after um, after about an hour of kind of studying you guys during your short rest, um, the shield suddenly just reshapes itself completely. It takes a kind of concave shape. Um, it's extremely uh, intricate in the kind of uh, ruins and patterns that fill it. It's uh, if, as you guys know, it, whoever attunes to it kind of gets to design it, and this is like really extravagant. Tompkins isn't boring. Tompkins has layers. Would Vasa, with her history of Trimessa, recognize any of the runes and decorations? Also, how does uh, Tompkins respond to receiving three gold? That uh, he teared up for that. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. I love Tompkins. Va- Vasa is kind of comments aside to Tompkins. I think I could have gotten away with giving him two. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah. um, Vasa, you do recognize it, but it is not from uh, your time in Obrimos. The runes that etch themselves into the shield. So you can't read it, but you recognize it um, because of the kinds of uh, dealings that you had, the the trades, the... uh, product that you moved <laughs> um you would recognize it as gnomish script from your world and when he sees the shield he looks startled and taken aback and he doesn't really know what to make of it himself yeah vasa's brows furrow as her eyes like move from the shield to Tompkins, and she doesn't say anything for now give me a history check if you want Natural 20! Wow. And, uh, yeah, and then a plus two intelligence. This particular script looks fairly elegant. And in the, uh, again, the types of product that you've moved, <laughs> um, you would recognize this script as the particular uh, handwriting style of the history keepers of your world. So the way it works is that on uh, your world of Menroth, um, there is something called true history. The idea being that... Um, Things like time travel and magic can reshape and change a timeline, right? Mm-hmm. The gnomes of your world um, come from a city called Hobbsbawn, and they are known as the history keepers. They go out they and they record history. Whatever they write down in their books becomes permanent history. Nothing, as far as you know, in existence can change what's written in their books once they write it down. And they're the record keepers and the um, historians of your world. And his shield just filled up with the runes and the lettering, the, uh, the, the script from the gnomes of your world. 
as Vasa realizes this, she when they when she has opportunity, she goes she just comments offhandedly to Tompkins. She, she goes, "Very curious design, uh, shield design, Tompkins." He's kind of studying it, and if he has something to say, uh, he keeps it to himself. He just kind of gets a little somber and um, starts heading towards the uh, bright, inspirational light. Woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no. Hey everyone, I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of Worldwalkers. In our last episode, Ertleby and Tompkins helped the group navigate their way through the Echo Forest on their way to the city of Fallis, where they believe the next shard of Stardust is located. Along the way, they tangled with a group of cannibalistic goblins and their bugbear leaders. Now, with Megan sitting out this game, the group plots their next course of action. <laughs> Alright, so, um, last we left off, you had just defeated the, uh, the goblin and bugbear group that had recently defeated an adventuring group before you. Um, <clears throat> so you're in the forest. Um, after the battle, did you guys rest up? I think. So, um, because we took the time for our magical items to attune to us, does that count as a short rest as well? So it was yep. sort of like bundled together. Yep, All yep. right. So we had a short rest. Okay. Well, Vasa would look at everybody and say, is everybody all right to move on? Everybody all healed up. Yes, I'm ready to go. Let's kill some stuff. I mean, continue our adventure. <laughs> I'm excited to get home. And it's two days away, as I have previously said. So we'll probably take a long rest somewhere along that journey, assuming we are not beset by nightmares. Well, speaking of that, uh, since we seem to be in a moment of peace and we just finished resting up and tuning to our their magical weapons... Voss is going to take this opportunity to give a little bit of an inspirational speech. She's going to talk about how they got out of that horrible, godforsaken city. They made it through the cave of unreasonably terrible horrors. And now they're here, <laughs> where the forest has only screamed a little bit. And they just slew something. She's feeling good. She pats her, she pats her purse with all the gold in it. And she's like, yeah, things are looking up. And there's that city where we just got to rob them of that little shard. And things are looking good, team. We can do this. So everybody, add plus four to your hut points. Hooray! Oh, thank you. I feel inspired and confident. Can I take one of the cloaks from the adventurers who have passed if it's not like bloodstained? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It may just help me blend in more, just in case. <laughs> Is there anything distinctive about these poor, sad, dead people? Uh, <laughs> Do they look familiar in any way? Um, let's see. You can give me either a perception or investigation check, anybody who wants to. I'll do an investigation check and get a 26. Oh, oh, wow. oh, that, a it was a natural 20, and nice. I add 6 to that. Nice. I got a 22. Okay. Just you two rolled? I rolled, but I only got an 11 <laughs> for perception. So I was like, is it even worth saying? I got a 16. All right. Um, so, Roberto, what did you roll? What what skill did you roll? I rolled investigation. Investigation? You and Vasa 
kind of look over the bodies and the thing that uh you both eventually put together is that they don't look like um they were simply stabbed and shot at they have arrow wounds but all of their wounds have a um kind of a bit of a i guess long story short it looks like they are poisoned does Vasa's natural 20 roll uh, give her any little extra details when she investigates? Uh, yeah, it looks similar. It's not the same, but it looks similar to drow poisoning, which is um, basically mechanically you would uh, you would know that it gives disadvantage on everything. In, in game, you would know that uh, it tends, it, if the dose is strong enough and it hits you right, it'll simply just put you out. It'll put you to sleep. Brummelstone, did you roll perception? I rolled investigation. Investigation. Oh, you guys all Scooby do that together. I think Ertl be percepted. At I 11. did. I I did an eleven <laughs> perception, so I think I noticed the color of their cloaks, um, <laughs> like green. Um, the only thing I guess you would notice is that you know there's no forged amongst them, so they might not be uh, Fallis native. Hmm. All right. Let's get a move on. All right, so uh, you pack up and begin going to the uh, forest once again. Uh, pretty uneventful the rest of the day, and you're able to also set up at night without any kind of trouble. You take the appropriate watches, and the next day you're completely healed up. Hooray! Hooray! Do uh, do we still hear the ringing of the forest at night? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vasa would have made a game at night to uh, pull out one of Tomkin's ear stuffings every now and then. he uh the first time you do that he pulls it out of his other ear and stuffs it in his other ear and then when that doesn't help he just kind of puts his hood up over himself and tightens it as much as he can and just goes back to sleep but the next morning he looks kind of he's got some luggage under his eyes (laughs) vasa looks well slept and smug (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what's everyone's passive perception um 11 16. is small yeah 16 12 okay so <clears throat> by midday uh Brummelstone and vasa you notice something up ahead as you're traveling through the forest um off to the side a little bit you notice a few um uh, Badly hidden. You can't. You don't know if it's just because they're badly hidden, or if you guys are amazing. <laughs> but <laughs> you notice a couple of goblins uh, wrapped up in uh, uh, leaves, tucked away, hiding behind rocks, and it looks like they're waiting for not you, for someone else. Vasa would have uh, sort of uh, understanding that Brimblestone also knows this. Kind of like nudge him and, and look at one of the other uh, goblins, kind of be like, "What do you make of that?" You know, if they're not looking for us, maybe they're expecting that other party that might be in tune with that other group. But if it's true, like the last ones, there's probably a bugbear around controlling them so they're not just eating themselves. I say we attack them. Vasa <laughs> <laughs> would say something like, well, we don't have all day to attack every stupid little goblin hiding around this place. By your count, you know it's about ten of them. Um, and well, the more mind. you we'll study, keep... the more you see they're in trees, they're behind rocks, they're in bushes. Like, they're set up for something kind of kind of big. Vasa looks to Ertlebee and mentioning the goblin says, 
it's like a grandmother do you have did you always have a goblin infestation in these parts i mean i didn't really leave phallus that much i mean phallus i mean phallus uh, so I can't really say. I can say, however, I do want to get to town as quickly as possible so I can see Monty and all his children. So I say we keep going. Agreed. Stay sharp. All right. So make some stealth checks. Ooh, I think I'll help with this. Uh, everybody get your stealthy on. She wiggles her fingers. <laughs> you all get plus ten. Wait, oh no, let me make sure that's what it does. <laughs> At this point, Vasa might be so stealthy she could like <laughs> cut a ear off a goblin. Just like walk right past him and be like, "Hello." You just keep bumping into him on purpose. They're like, "Oh, wind's really strong." Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you all get plus ten. I was right the first time. Oh wow. Well, then. Well, Vasa rolled a fucking thirty-three. Um. Yeah, I got a thirty-two. Uh, Erdeby got a 12, but Erdeby's lucky, so she's going to, uh... Oh my god! Erdeby oh <laughs> got a 12 again! <laughs> are you rolling a 20, or are you rolling oh, wait, a 12? Oh, wait, 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 sorry. Sorry, I forgot to add my dex bonus. Um, I get a 16. Okay. Are you rolling a d20? Yes, I'm rolling a d20. Oh, god, I'm not. I'm not. I'm rolling a d12. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Vasa. <laughs> All right, we're gonna try this one more time. I take my luck point back. My luck point didn't get spent. He did spend a Vasa 21. point, though. Okay. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. <laughs> Vasa gets a point of inspiration. <laughs> I got a fourteen. Uh, what are you rolling? Uh, I'm rolling a d20. Okay. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm very pro anti goblin. So. <laughs> we can take them, guys. I feel like we all just like literally tackle uh, Brimblestone Dad and just force him to be silent. I want to take a shower. I want to see my grandkids. I want to go home. Shut up, Mr. Dwarf. <laughs> well, we can take them. Now the rest of you take uh take baths. Oh yeah, what is a shower? Now I'm just complaining about what is a shower. <laughs> I've distracted you with my cunning wit. <laughs> All right. So uh, through a little bit of uh, teamwork and uh, druidic magic, you're able to sneak right past them. They never even knew you were there. Well, we need to make a note of that to the city guards because they could just be like waylaying travelers. And... Plus, we should keep our eyes out for any stupid pedestrians who are heading their way and just give them a heads up <laughs> that's goblin country <laughs> that's sort of knowledge that's sort of knowledge you could charge them for that oh Vasa yeah that'd be good why does it keep rolling things i get to see monty <laughs> all right i get good. to see oh Hooray. wait Wait, say that again. I said we're so all can... good. Um, so you continue on your journey, and that night, with the proper uh, rotations and planning, you're able to sleep through the night once more. Um, next morning, you're all refreshed, hit points back, spells back. Um, any other alterations to spells? We're going to keep going. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so by uh, mid-afternoon, you reach the edge of Echo Forest. So you're finally. What out. does it look like? 
As you leave the... I'm so glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Let me check. Uh, <laughs> uh, as you leave the Echo Forest behind, you can already feel a relief as the ringing that's plagued you since you arrived on this world fades away. Ahead, you see a wondrous city before you. Tightly packed buildings, many of which are taller than you've ever seen in a city, make up the lower portion, while the rest of the city sits on top of a tall mesa. Connecting the two areas is a giant metal platform which seems to be part of a complicated series of mechanical contraptions. Most impressive of all are the enormous ships of beautiful design that sail to and from the city in the air. Large vessels carried by immense balloons billow steam as they fly through the air, appearing weightless with the ease of their travel. Uh, Erdelby, you recognize it immediately as follows. Home! This is quite a city you have, Grandma. Fancy. Why are those boats in the sky? That doesn't make sense. It's through the power of technology and innovation. It's good magic you got here, Grandmother. Yeah. This must be wonderful magic. It'll be as beaming with pride. Can She's you all see up. can we see um the the inspirational light source that would represent the location of the shard from our vantage point? Nope. No. Nope, nope. Mm-hmm. Alright, so the city's Mainly not that far away. It's about like a half hour from uh, from here. So you're able to walk that with ease. And uh, as you enter the city, you find the streets to be uh, bricked cobblestone. They're smooth and well-crafted. The cobblestone streets of some of your other worlds are like they took big round rocks and put them in the road. These are finely crafted, smoothed out square blocks that have been placed elegantly to build beautiful roads. Like there's a design in the streets that some of you may find unsettling because who has the time to waste on beautiful streets? Like, (laughs) depending on the practicality of your approach to uh, cityscape design. Tompkins uh, looks around and he's like, uh, all right, so uh, you said you're from here? Of course. I was raised here. It's the beautiful, wonderful city. Where should we go? Because this looks intimidating. Well, I was going to say Monty's house. But the last place we stayed, everybody died. So instead, I think we're going to go to my favorite inn in the area. Sounds or, good, Grandmother. Actually, no, I don't, I don't want to risk damaging any of my figurines. We're going to my favorite inn. I was going to say we could go to my house, but again, everyone died. there are actually most inns are attached to a tavern so there are two taverns of note uh, for you Ertleby the Midnight Oil is located in the Forge District and the Cask of Armadillos um, is a particularly uh, interesting uh, tavern for you it's it's a place that uh, in your past you would have frequented uh, quite often this is a hard call Honestly, as interested as I am in going to the Cask of Armadillos later tonight, I'm going to say we go to the Forge District, because if the Nightmares show up and murder everyone there, they'll probably not be asleep. Sharp uh, thinking. It's a good call. <laughs> um, and I don't... Uh, Ertleby, you would know, the Midnight Oil Tavern, it's known for having the best drinks anywhere, and the atmosphere is always right, and the people share whatever they can. It's a very welcoming uh, tavern. But besides that, it's of a particular note, because uh, you would know, the Forge don't sleep. And even though Roberto's not from here, 
he has the same quality. That this tavern's open 24 hours a day because of this. Uh, Erdlby turns to Vasa and is like, I think you'll like it here. Vasa's already kind of looking excited. She's like, yeah, yeah, all right, let's go. What are we waiting for? <laughs> I haven't had a drop to drink for days. <laughs> to the midnight oil. All right, so uh, you make your way through the city. Uh, this, the first part of the city you enter um, seems to be filled with a lot of um, craftsmen, a lot of uh, industrial-type work. And the streets are not busy with commerce like you're used to. Uh, people aren't kind of window shopping and browsing around. Everyone's very, very busy with their work. Uh, as you get through, it takes, especially Vasa would take a second to think, uh, there were no guards, there were no walls. You were able just to walk right into the city, which is kind of odd. You haven't seen guards yet, actually. Um the rest of you continue going forward, and eventually you seem to enter a different phase of the city, if you will, where once the city, uh, the city looked, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of uh, craftsman shops and a lot of uh, smoke coming from chimneys and such. Uh, you now find yourself in a part of the city that is predominantly forged. Uh, almost everyone here is some sort of uh forged just like tin they, they you can tell the difference in design between uh the forged of this world and the uh riborto immediately because the riborto in particular has kind of a uh, glowing eyes like a, kind of a life that comes out right riborto mm-hmm. um whereas this is a big mix some some of them have a little bit of a magic emanating from them but most of them look like essentially large suits of armor that have been given life. Um, there are a number of them that are a little more elegant, but mostly it's it's kind of startling because, you know, Roberto, uh, and especially for Brummelstone too, Roberto and Brummelstone, um, these particular forge look like they're geared up for war. They, they look kind of battle-ready. They do not look they were crafted by the kind and loving families that give birth to the forged on your world, these forged all look like they're capable of starting and ending a fight. That's in stark contrast with their attitude, which is very friendly. They're all walking around, greeting each other, talking to each other, um, and eventually you make your way to the Midnight Oil. The Midnight Oil has a large uh, metallic candle with an actual flame coming out the top. Then that comes out of the um, front of the building. Uh, beautiful glass windows all around. And you're able to walk right in. And it's pretty packed. There's forged everywhere. You know, uh, Roberto, you find it kind of odd because the forged of your world don't feel the need to drink. Like, you, you can. And there might be some sort of satisfaction you get from it. But, um... You don't feel the need to, typically, where you come from. Whereas the yeah. forged here, they're they're going all in. Like, <laughs> wow. chips pushed forward on the table. They're uh, enjoying themselves greatly. To the point where, like, maybe you might even wonder, like, where is all that liquid going? Are they drinking <laughs> oil or are they drinking alcoholic alcohol, beverages? Alcohol. Alcoholic beverages. 
Vasa throws her arms up in the air the moment she enters the tavern. The tavern is like, hey, all right, come on, let's live a little. <laughs> and uh, if you say that loud enough, a lot of the forge turn and look, and they raise a glass to you. And then she would she would just go even louder, hey, and then push her way to the, to the bartender. Um, is there are there any like, is there any who's sitting at the who's at the bar? Um, there's no one at the bar itself. People actually in this particular tavern don't really sit at the bar. The bar doesn't even have stools. You go up to the bar to order, then walk and join a group of people. Um, a lot of the um, tables in here are actually benches where you're meant to sit with people. They don't really have individual tables for you to get away from people and have your own space. It's very much like a community-based how about we claim a little area of our bench for ourselves and grab some drinks? Boss mm-hmm. is already uh, trying to grab drinks. She would have slapped the bar counter, bar counter and been like, give me your best. Give me your best. <laughs> and uh, he says, all right. And he goes off to the back and he comes back with a pretty large bottle. And he says, the best or the best? Vasa waggles her eyebrows up and down <laughs> and says, the best. Wait, 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 wait. How much is that? How much is this? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want the best, then, uh, you know, it comes with the price. And he puts it on the t- uh, table. It's this large, old-looking bottle that's actually cooled. Um, which, you know, Ertleby knows what's going on. But the rest of you are impressed that they have so much ice on hand that <laughs> they're able to keep this this cold. Yeah. Um, this is some great magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says, this particular bottle here, last bottle I have, uh, comes from the flats. 50 gold. Vasa uh. chokes a little bit. And kinda like, <laughs> she lovingly strokes this bottle, her fingers leaving trails through the mist of ice on it. And she goes, ah, oh, love, we were not meant to be. And then she just she looks at the bar and she's like, well, give me the best, and she like and she goes, has ah, her fingers in quotation marks now, <laughs> and she gets very sad if she were to make we'll, the bottle disappear. We'll settle for second best or third best or you know maybe like he, a gold he, best. Say no more. Yeah. Say no more. And he walks off, and he comes breaking back. Breaking my heart. Breaking my heart. <laughs> and the city. Gonna... One hour, and my heart is broken. <laughs> Erdely's gonna pass uh, Pat Vasa's arm and be like, "Don't worry, my daughter Dana lives in the flats. I'll have her send us some of that next time I write." Vasa <laughs> hugs little grandmother very tightly and then continues drumming her hands on the bar counter, just like really just waiting on this. Yeah. So uh, he leaves, comes back with a fine bottle. It's respectable. It's not chilled. Um, and he comes and brings it, and he says, "This right here, ten gold." And then she slaps down ten gold. She's like, all right, bring that here, bring that here. <laughs> yeah, when he uh, hands you some shot glasses as well, enough for all of you. Oh, thank you, Bosworth. Take care of your family. Vasa, meanwhile, has turned around and been like, shots for everybody! And she's just like, anybody who approaches her can get a pot shot, and she herself has already taken down like five. And she keeps trying to pressure Roberto into drinking something. <laughs> Uh, Roberto no, says no thank you because he's looking around eyeing up some of these female um, uh, forge, you know. And Vasa noticed that and she like slings the arm around and she's like, Roberto, Roberto, you need some courage and I got some courage right here. That's a fine looking <laughs> lady thing over there and you can get her. You just gotta have a little bit. Come on, Roberto, come on. Would they don't Earl like, be... they, they look, they're like strong fellas and you need to prove you're strong. Would Erlby know any of the ladies to like 
suggest uh, <laughs> Roberto to them? Would she be oh, like, matchmaking. oh, Gwyneth, you should meet this young man over here. <laughs> How about that one, Roberto? She's looking at you. Just take the shot and go. Um, the only one I guess she would know is Contessa. Contessa is a bard that frequents the area. Contessa, my dear, so good to see you. She turns around, and that's the the scary part for uh, <laughs> for uh, Brummelstone and Roberto again. Is even Contessa, the bard, turns around and uh, broad shoulders. Um, it looks like she might have had weaponry on her arms that have been and it's been dismantled. Um, she just like the rest of them looks like she was built um, as like a. A way to end a war. Oh, Roberto, you're gonna need three shots for her gang drinking. Come sit with us, Contessa. I just got back in town. Drink. She comes over and she Shut says, it. "Where, where have you been?" I see oh, you drinking in the land of dreams, and then a land that chug, was very chug, much chug. like a fantasy world. I suppose there were lots of dwarves, and not Yay. our kind of dwarves who are the magic of the goblins, yeah. uh, but different. <laughs> this kind of dwarf, Roberto, and she grabs Brummelstone. And then we were in this cave, and then we were in the forest. Now we're here. Anyway, we're back now. Contessa, this is Roberto, and then she kind of like place. pushes them together. <laughs> she sits now next to you, and uh, she's like. Well, Roberto? Roberto's very visibly taken aback and intimidated by this very strapping female. <laughs> um, he is very... He looks at her and, like, he's just, like, eyeing her up, kind of like, you know, yeah, I am more... I'm curious about your existence. Um, I mean, this is what he's thinking. He's not... He's like, he hasn't yeah, said yeah. it yet, but he's just, um, like, trying to, like, trying to kind of like force a smile with his rigid metal faceplate. Vasa um, would just be kind of floating like trying to like airplane a shot glass into his little rigid mouth. Yeah. I was trying to walk it in. Um, and um, Roberto turns to look at Contessa. He's like, I, I like your arms. And then giggles. <laughs> and she says, uh, thank you. Where were you from? Uh, we're not from around here. He's from the other world. <laughs> she just looks at you and laughs again, and she's like, we have a lot of catching up to do. I, uh... <laughs> she kind of just, like, smiles and shakes her head a little bit. And she says, well, I have to get back to work. But, um, if you're around here later tonight, we'll meet up again, and, uh, we'll try to figure out what you're trying to tell me. Vasa slaps an arm around Roberto's. Oh, Roberto, don't cry. Don't cry. There's other ladies out there. Have a drink. It was great to meet you, Contessa. <laughs> it was, and, it was uh, great meeting all of you. Please come back. And then uh, she she wanders off to go start one of her songs. I take a shot from Vasa and I actually pour it into my mouth. Vasa cheers. Yes! Yes! <laughs> it has no visible effect on No, me, it has but... no effect, Roberto. Just so you know. <laughs> Has no effect on me at all. Over the moon, she's ecstatic. She's like (laughs) two hands in the air, like yes, yes. Have another one. Come on. Even though it has no effect on Roberto, can he start acting really drunk? That's up to him. (laughs) (laughs) Not no. (laughs) Probably not. As long as it's not getting your poor cat drunk, is it? No, no. (laughs) Like your cat's just getting like a rain dog. You, like, you see the liquid just dripping out of my back. Roberto, how about that lady over there? How about that one? Uh-uh. We'll oil you up, get you real smooth for her. 
I think I'm done with ladies for now. Thank oh, Roberto! <sighs> Could uh, Ertlebe step aside for a second and ensure that everybody gets a room here to stay at tonight? Yeah, yeah. With Bosworth? It's like, Bosworth, a room for everybody, please. This is absolutely. a city! <laughs> he just kind of nauseous, absolutely. And then, actually, Ertlebe's uh, interested um, in connecting with everything uh, that she's... Now that she's back, um, while everyone's partying at Midnight Oil, could she sneak out and just step into the other tavern, the um, the Armadillo? You'll be gone for a little while. It's another district. You guys look like you're having fun. Voss is too smashed to even notice that Ertleby, the little grandmother, is gone. Um, <laughs> well, if if Ertleby is gonna go look for, are you gonna go look for something somewhere else? No, no, no. I was just going on a walk. Okay. Um, I, I'll accompany you. Accompany you. I do want to look for a shop, a particular shop. If and I'll maybe I'll accompany you until I find one. Yes, yeah. that <laughs> totally <laughs> works. <laughs> That's not Vasa hooks her arm around Roberto. Like Roberto, where are you going? Where are you going? Yeah. We haven't gotten to your lady friend tonight yet. Where are you going, Roberto? I, I, I'm going to go here with her. <laughs> I'm gonna go a little shopping. I'll be right back. <laughs> boo, boo, Roberto. That's why you didn't get the lady. Um, I, 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 I look at Vasa and I'm like, oh man, that shot, it's so good. That shot was so yes! good, Vasa. Damn, yes! I gotta, I gotta rest up a little bit, then I'll be back. I, I, oh yeah, you do that, you do that, brother robot of mine. And then I turn around and I completely go back to normal. I'm like, I gotta stop. Vaz has already turned it back. She's satisfied that Roberto is properly smashed. Uh, Ertlebe has resigned herself to the fact that she won't be able to sneak away and have secret meetings because Roberto wants to go shopping. So she's like, okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> well, what are, you, what are you looking for, Roberto? I want to know if there's a shop here that sells instruments. There is. And so... The district that you're in, the Forged district of the city, uh, all the shops are especially made for Forged. Um, unfortunately, you're not sure where they would sell instruments. You'd have to ask somebody. Um, oh, I was about to ask Elry. Can I ask Boswick? Uh, you could ask Boswick, but he looks like a bartender. Mm. Oh, can, if only is Contessa <laughs> still there? She is a bard. You know she yeah. is? <laughs> Love connection. You got it. You got this. Uh, the thought of asking, like going up to ask Contessa something, makes Roberto very, very nervous. Um, Vasa he... notices that Roberto's <laughs> eyeing her again, and her face just slowly appears next to his ear, being like, "Do you want a shot?" <laughs> yes. You know what? Yes. Give me it, Vasa. Yes. Let's do this. By the way, uh, Roberto, uh, Pedro, if it's all right, uh, Vasa would have bought a second bottle because she drank up the first one. Um, <laughs> uh, Roberto gets another shot from Vasa and puts it in his face but misses his mouth because he's actually really distracted. He just pours it into his neck. But he doesn't even notice because um, then, so yeah, and then he walks towards Contessa and he's like, um, hey, how you doing? <laughs> um, she looks over and she says, "Hi, what?" Oh, and she grabs a napkin and she just starts cleaning off your face a little bit. Uh, I had a question. I was wondering if you knew about any um, instrument shops in the area. 
she's kind of smiles and nods. She's like, "Yeah, do you do you yes, need help?" I would. I'm, I'm looking for. I'm looking for instruments. I don't really want to reveal what instrument yet. Sure, you're in luck because I set my own hours. And she kind of nods to Boswick what? and uh, walks out with you. Boswick's in the back going, "Woo!" Yes. <laughs> and then and then and then offers Brummelstone a consoling shoulder as he's like, "I'm sorry, you're losing a brother tonight." So no, he's becoming a man. I'm proud of him. <laughs> yes. This yes. Is- a dwarven tradition. Yes, and she would toast him with a shot and offer him a shot as well. <laughs> as I as I walk out the bar, I look back to Brummelstone and just like shrug my shoulders, like, like what? What is? You don't get to stop because she's she's got her oh, arm okay. around you. I, she yes! I turn around, and be like, I like shake my head and then walk out. Um. Ertlebe <laughs> uh, uh, sneaks out the door right after. Roberto and Contessa, and makes a beeline for the armadillo. <laughs> An Erdo beeline. All right, so, <clears throat> yep, you find yourself in uh, in front of the cask of armadillos. It has a wonderful little armadillo uh, logo, uh, and doesn't have the it, it doesn't put the words of its uh, establishment on that little sign. Um, so you just have to know it by the armadillo. You walk in. This place is, uh, as you would, as your character would know, um, a bit low key. Uh, most people are drinking, and it is frequented, um, but people aren't um, celebrating as much. They're here to kind of get away and relax. Uh, this particular tavern is in the entertainment district, so um, it's much further away than the forge district. I scan the room to see if I know anybody. You find a familiar uh, group of people all in the corner. There's uh, two gentlemen and a lady, older looking, about your age. And uh, when they see you, they just kind of give a they, they give a nod. They acknowledge you, but they don't want to. Maybe they're just, uh, maybe they're used to conducting business that way. Maybe they don't care about you. It's hard to tell. <laughs> you, you trust it's the first. <laughs> Uh, Ertlebe would, would take a seat at, um, she would go get an apple juice from the bar and she would take a seat at a table sort of within eyesight and kind of, uh, keep making significant eye contact with the people over there. They would get up at the, like the first time you do it and just bring their drinks over (laughs) and, um, (laughs) sit down and go, "You, you don't have to do that. Sorry, old habits die hard. <laughs> like us, and they sit down. I'm looking for the shard. Who's that? The first one says. You haven't seen it? Bright, bright thing. Very, very bright. Very big and bright. It's bright. <laughs> Detailed description. You know, they look at each other and it's like, I don't know it by the shard, but I know... That art, there was a very uh, bright and shining artifact that was brought in not too long ago. Um, the one who's speaking here, he's uh, very short, very chubby, like he's almost like a big round ball uh, full of wrinkles and strands of white hair. Um, and he's like, I, yeah, they had, they, they had something over at the uh, Gabiana auction house uh, a couple days ago. Talk of the town, if you knew who to talk to. You're not the who, the who to talk to anymore. 
Yeah, I am. I just I wanted to build it up so that like when we talked about it, you'd be impressed. <laughs> I'm uh, always you know. impressed with you. I still know. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lost it. <sighs> so why are you interested in it? Why weren't you here to, you know, put a bit or two in? Some pretty interesting things are going on in my life right now. Suffice it to say, that bright thing is going to bring a lot of trouble to this town. I need to get it and get it out of here. Oh, well, don't worry about that. It's already leaving. By which way? Who bought it? Uh, word on the street is... Uh, okay, so... Who bought it and who picked it up are two different questions. Go on. An artifact hunter by the name of Claiborne was the person who bought it. She's newer. I don't know if you've you've heard of her before. Um, Young blood. Hmm. Is it? Uh, yes, truly. <laughs> um, but the word on the street is that that is not who purchased the shard, as you call it. Go on. Uh, th- you notice this is pretty typical for this group. He's the one that always talks. The other two are always quiet and they either nod to confirm or say no. They kind of give like they give you tells. Like if someone were listening mm-hmm. in, they'd be the ones you look to to confirm or deny. So far, they're they're backing everything that he says. It seems like Claiborne was hired to pick this up. Uh, again, uh, apparently uh, there is some sort of artist out in the flats who wants this this weird stone, this shard, like you said. Uh, particularly because apparently whoever looks at it becomes filled with a kind of creative energy. And whoever this artist is uh, doesn't want anyone to know that they don't have it anymore. Oh. You know. But whoever they are, they don't want anyone to know that they're dried up, that they're tapped out. So, like I said, the word is they sent out uh, this artifact hunter to come purchase the shard. It seems believable that she would purchase it because she's an artifact hunter. But um, I'm so glad to have friends like you. Ertle B would rise from the table, and Ertle B her way out of the bar. Uh, Ertle B would make sure she like like smiles knowingly at this group of three, and nods. And then (laughs) back to the midnight oil. Thanks for listening to episode 18. I'm curious about your existence, which is just about the most powerful pickup line I've ever heard. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash worldwalkerspod and on Twitter and Instagram at worldwalkerspod. If you'd like to help us out, there's a few ways you can do that. You could punch up a review for us on iTunes, which goes a long way towards getting us in front of new people. You can also check us out over at patreon.com slash worldwalkers. With some spare cash, you can get access to early episodes, patron-exclusive episodes like our time travel episodes, art from the group, and more. I don't run ads on the site or the podcast or anywhere else, so Patreon's the only income I get from the podcast, and your money helps me upgrade equipment, get access to better software, and move into more and more projects that I really can't wait to share with you. I want to give a shout out to Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com for the music you heard in today's episode. And I also want to thank Sirenscape, who provided the sound effects you heard today. Visit them at Sirenscape.com. She's newer. I don't know if you've you've heard of her before. Um, Young blood. Pretty good. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh... Sorry. <laughs>
I didn't expect young blood. So. <laughs> <laughs> Showing up. Uh, okay, so anyway. I'm so yeah. glad to have friends like you. Or it'll be rise from the table. Make a hand gesture. Right now, in my mind, it looks like this. And it'll be her way podcast. out of the bar. That's going to play well on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, no, this is important. I want them to, to have no signal. idea what the hand gesture is, yeah, and then yeah. we have a contest. What gesture did I make? Draw it. <laughs> That's what do you think I made? <laughs> Submit your answers to... And then everyone just submits like a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> Peace be with you. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Enzo. This contest is ruined. <laughs> no, he was just giving a taste of things to come. My, my inbox will be filled with deuces. <laughs> Not me, I'm drawing the shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some variety is needed here. Yeah. Uh, uh, see, I didn't know that was a hand signal. I thought you were talking about the old like '90s horror oh, movie. Uh, I was like, that one, yeah. one of them obscure reference. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, mm. <laughs>